Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack. I am one of your co-hosts. I'm a fan of Minnesota United. Chelsea, that one pretty good today. Kind of. It was okay. Uh, (laughs) Atalanta and the French and U.S. national teams. And as always, I'm joined here on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon, evening, with AJ. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'd say it's night. It's 8 p.m. right it now. It is night. Yeah, that, that is true. That's true. Uh, I'm AJ. I'm the other co-host on this podcast. I'm a fan of Minnesota United, the U.S. national teams, and West Ham United, which went, as always, terribly when it's against Brighton. For some reason, it's been nine years since we've beaten Brighton. It's really? just getting sad at this oh, point. No. Yeah, it's an... Jack, eight times in a row, West Ham have failed to beat Brighton. It's, I, I, I don't even know Oof. what to say. Just, Mape owns West Ham, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> but we're not talking about West Ham, Jack. We're talking about something a little bit closer to home, which is Major League Soccer, uh, the American top-level uh, soccer league. And we're going to be specifically talking about the playoffs, as many of you know. At the time of recording and when this is happening, uh, the playoffs are in full swing. We're entering the conference finals for the West and the East this coming weekend. On one side, it's the East, Philadelphia hosting NYCFC. And on the other side, Portland Timbers hosting Real Salt Lake. And there's some controversy and some things that we need to discuss about the playoffs. Namely, some of the, I'd say disadvantages with this current format in short many people myself included i really can't speak for jack i guess that's what we're going to talk about think that the current playoff format for major league soccer is a little bit flawed so in today's episode we're going to be talking about you know the history of mls playoffs the problems that are currently arising the causes of that as well as some of our homemade solutions in order to make the playoffs a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more fair. Uh, Jack, what do you say we jump in in this deep dive? Let's do it. All right. Well, Jack, first, before I even talk about the history of the playoffs, because I'm going to talk about that, I want to hear your opinion. Are you, you know, in general, a fan of playoffs in sports? Uh, I, I, I find enjoyment in them, but... I, I, I don't, I don't really care either way for them. I mean, they're fine, but it, it, it depends on how you're playing. Like, if you're playing in uh, a sport where it's necessary to split it up into multiple conferences, like the NFL, makes sense to have playoffs. But if you're, if you're like in a league where there's like twelve teams, like say the Slovakian league in soccer, there's no need for playoffs, right? So. You know, it, 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 it all depends on the size of the league. And uh, I, I think they can be exciting, but when they're bad, they end up being really bad. Yes. And can't really think of any like truly bad playoffs in recent years. I guess anything that involves Minnesota sports usually is not very enjoyable. No. But <laughs> let's talk about some playoff formats. Uh, in general, Jack, when do you think that playoffs became popular within sports. Like if you had to guess like a decade, <laughs> if I, if I had any to of guess those. a decade. I don't know. Yeah. Probably like the 1960s. I, 1960s. I, that, that's what I'm thinking because that's when the NFL started uh, yeah. like really kicking up that. That's my best guess. Well, uh, 
a, a little close. Uh, 1930s, the early 1900s, usually when in American sports, the playoffs became more popularized. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it was spun off of uh, college football teams having tied records or something, so they needed to play a playoff game in order to decide the winner of uh, the national championship or whatever they did back then. It was the 1930s. All sports were fake back then. True, true. And so because of that, all other sports leagues in America have adopted playoffs. It's become a very uh, ubiquitous thing within American sports, and that's translated uh, into American soccer as well, whether that be the NASL in the 70s, 80s, and now MLS from 96 onwards. And so going through the history of MLS playoffs, we first start off with, Jack, I think you're going to find this really interesting. From 1996 to 1999, during the shootout era, where there were no draws, if you were tied, you went to a a shootout that wasn't actually a penalty shootout. No, it's the best form of a shootout. It's the best form of the shootout. You started 35 yards out from goal, and the, the attacker or whoever it was would just run at the goalie and try to score. And there would be like a 12-second timer or something. I thought it was he, like five seconds or something. It. it Probably because I remember I remember a lot of injuries happening because they were just <laughs> running each other at full force trying to score a goal. But in that era between 96 and 99, they played best of three series. It was and to fathom that now is crazy because best of threes kind of models how other American sports does it. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of this information from uh Reddit user locks the fox from Reddit. He kind of uh, made this entire cheat sheet for the history of of MLS playoffs. But this was a crazy time. It was eight playoff teams out of I think it was like ten or and then twelve teams. So everyone pretty much made the playoffs. It was so chaotic. Best of three is such a weird way to uh, quantify who's the best team. Led to a lot of you know, third games, which takes a long time. So not exactly the best format. Overall, very chaotic. From 2000 to 2002, it was an evolution of that. Instead of being a first to three games, there was a maximum of three games, first to five points. So if you get a win, two draws, you win the series. If you, uh, you know, get two wins obviously you win the series outright after two games and after if, if nobody's reached five points by the end of the third game you go into a sudden death golden goal and that was also chaotic because that's a crazy way to again do a a, a penalty shootout right at the end of, of three games like that's very chaotic Jack, would you ever, I don't know what your solutions are for the playoffs, would you ever want to go to like this five point, like best of three series? It's kind of interesting to think about if you, you know, sit down a really divulge in it. I mean, I'm I'm not completely sure because it, it also means that it's very possible the best team doesn't make it out of it or like the team that played better. Because if you just had like three draws in it and it just like, like three zero zero draws, then you've watched, then you've had tons of boring stuff and nothing really exciting happened yeah uh and plus like with the current calendar and how many internationals happen there's no way that works in in the modern day yeah if people complain that two-legged playoffs are 
much too boring. There's no way three legs is ever going to stand on its own. Uh, from 03 to 06, this is when we introduced two-legged uh, playoffs in the first round and then one-legged uh, semifinals to the final. The problem with this, because this is very similar to what we've done later on in MLS's lifespan, but it was just really easy to qualify. With the amount of teams that they let in, uh, eight, which was about 80% of the MLS field at the time, uh, a bit too easy to qualify, so you didn't get the best teams competing, and the level of quality kind of dipped. 7 through 10 is when we first start getting some better teams. This was kind of the wild card and two-legged first-round era. The way that this worked was top two teams in each conference qualify, and the next four teams were wild cards. Uh, and this uh, kind of led to some lopsided brackets because before, I want to say 2014 or so, when it came to wild cards, it usually wasn't conference specific. And so it really was just the best teams in either conference. So even though you have like the Eastern or Western Conference, you could have like DC United playing in the West, San Jose playing in the East, just based on how the the next best four teams or six teams rather did and where they were geographically. And so that, that led to some pretty lopsided uh lopsided brackets. There's some other competitive quirks that put really good teams all in one bracket and some less good teams on the other side. Again, MLS at this in its infancy was very wild. Moving on. 11 to, uh, to 2014, I think, was right when MLS started to grow into its own. Uh, Two-legged quarterfinals and semifinals, 10 playoff teams, top three of each conference qualified. The top seed played the winner of a play-in game. 2011 was also the last year the MLS Cup was at a neutral site. And just because of how straightforward the qualification process was, this led to more of the better teams qualifying. And I think playoffs really started getting really good. 15 to 18 is what people uh, kind of want to go back to now is the two-legged playoffs, more streamlined play-ins. There's 12 playoff teams, top two teams in each conference qualified with a bye to the second round. And that was the third seed versus sixth seed, fourth seed versus fifth seed in the play-ins. Uh, it was actually reseeded after that play-in round, so no matter what, the first seed would always play the worst seed and so on. This is a more streamlined format, but it did lead to some long playoffs ended in December all the time. And the current format as it is right now, 2019 to present, we've reverted back to single leg playoffs. Top seed gets a bye. So it's seven teams in all from each conference. And there's some issues there. There's no reseeding. Uh, the, the, the bye can be seen as a disadvantage, whatever. I've talked long enough about the history of the playoffs. Obviously, as we see with the timeline, it's gotten from very, very chaotic to very, very orderly in the last 25 years. But Jack, speaking about this current format, where do you see the problems with it? And yeah, just go ahead and speak your mind about how these current playoffs are going. Well, there's a lot of problems with the way the playoffs are currently structured. Um, 
Let, let's start. Let, let's start like uh, with one, one of the ones that you mentioned with buys, because I think that is a bit of an issue. It's meant to reward success, but with so many FIFA like international windows nowadays, it leads to situations like we had this year, where the Revolution go a, a month without playing a game. Twenty three days exactly. Yeah, or not a month then, I guess, but over three weeks. Still a yeah. long time. Very long. Uh, and that that's just not good because, you know, you, you soccer relies on you being warm and uh, being ready to play. And I was curious about this. And, you know, I, I, I like stats. I, I like some good. I like some good statistical analysis. So I decided to go in uh, and do a bit of a regression model on nice. buys from the last 11 seasons uh so starting in the 2011 playoffs i think that's 11 seasons it's 10 or 11 seasons it's a lot anyway uh check to see if the first seed got a buy into the first round and how far they advanced in like if they advanced one round they advanced two three or four signifying winning the whole thing uh what i found is that having a buy was associating with getting uh, knocked out in in stats terms about half a round earlier, like zero point five was what it mm-hmm. was what it spit out. But either way, it, it still says it still shows that teams get knocked out way earlier when they have a buy. And given that they're supposed to be the best, you'd expect the opposite, right? You'd expect right. them to last and uh, stay in like you know two or three rounds. But it's pretty clear that it's actually hurting. Their success at this point, uh, you know, even this season, both of the first round, uh, first seeded teams got a buy. They both got eliminated right away in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I, I think, uh, yeah, there, there were two teams that got a buy in that one of yeah. them got eliminated right away. NYCFC and uh, LAFC made it through one round and then got eliminated right afterwards. Yeah. And e- even in 2020, there weren't any first first seeds getting buys necessarily right but both uh i want to say it was philadelphia and yeah toronto fc had to play the winners of the play-in tournament in the eastern conference and i would like to believe that because those plan uh playing teams had the energy had the momentum coming out of their wins they were able to get the leg up on Toronto and Philadelphia, and that's why those two teams also got eliminated. Like, Jack, it's crazy to think that 14 teams, 14, 1 4, got eliminated from the playoffs between the kickoff of New England's last game and their kickoff of their first playoff game. 14 yeah. teams. That's, that's half of MLS got el- eliminated before they even kicked the ball again. Like we had a whole dulcicero in the meantime. Like that is <laughs> absolutely, absolutely wild. And it kind of, I guess, showcases how hard it is to balance a boring format where the top seed always wins and or the playoffs are too long and a too unpredictable playoff format where the quality of play suffers because bad teams move on, right? It's not that we always want the first seed that gets a bye to do well. It's just the fact that we want it to be representative of who they are as a team rather than the the lack of luck they get because they have to wait 23 whole days in order to 
play their their first playoff game. We saw New England fall to NYCFC just this week because of that. Jack, any other problems you see with uh, this, this this format? Well, I think I think the other thing is just like, you know, I I think I think there there's a few other issues. One of them is it feels like way too many teams make it in. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's a half the league that makes it into the playoffs. Yeah, I guess like you could say, yeah, we're cutting it down by 50 percent each time. And you'd kind of have an argument there, but at the same time, it's I don't, I don't know. I feel I feel like it, it's it's a lot of teams that make it into the playoffs. So it makes it, it it's difficult to find a balance between letting enough teams through to reward like good regular season performances and making sure you don't let in so many teams that it makes the playoffs functionally useless. Right. right. So like early, the early playoffs. Eight to ten teams out of twelve making it in—that's pretty much useless at that point because you you've got uh you you know you've got more than half of the league making it in, so it doesn't even it's not even that special. It's more it's it's more special to not make the playoffs at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, you, you're more unique and you're uh so, I I think you've got to balance that sort of thing out because, uh you you want good teams in the playoffs, but you also want those teams that can make upsets, right? So it's, it's, it's as with all of the issues of the MLS playoffs, it's about balance. It is about balance. You're right. And um, just to, to quantify with the math, as it stands right now, 51.8% of the league gets into playoffs. If we stick with 14 teams making it into the playoffs next year, it'll be 50% even. Uh, So obviously that, that, that's been a steady decrease in terms of percentage uh, since 1996. Still, for a lot of people, just having seven to eight teams per conference is a lot. Uh, you could make the argument that teams like Real Salt Lake or the New York Red Bulls in the East don't really deserve to be in the playoffs based on how they kind of, you know, waltzed into the, the, the playoff spots, essentially. I wouldn't necessarily say that because I think that I think that 50% of the league is kind of representative of good and bad teams. But I definitely understand the sentiment of we have to make sure that, you know, there's something to play for for most teams, whether it be a better spot in the playoffs or getting to the playoffs. Because in this league where we don't have pro rel, if we don't have a large playoff pool, then it's not going to be very fun for any other fan that's not in that top four spots or how many spots we uh, decide to put in. But speaking of Real Salt Lake, talking about those quote-unquote lower-quality teams, I don't want to call RSL low-quality team. They're in the, the conference finals for a reason. But there is something to say, Jack, and one of the problems that I have with this current playoff format is the fact that I, I, I think it's really helping lower quality teams make their way through. And that, that, that's not to discredit anything that they do because pulling off an upset is always, always great. But my main issue comes with the fact that it's not necessarily that they're good. It's that systematically there's uh, systems in place to help them more than hurt them 
and that's just not the way a playoff should be. I did the math. The average seed in the conference finals this year is 4.25. In 2020, it was 4.25. In 2019, you know, a pretty strong field, 2.25. But back when we had two-legged playoffs, 2018, 2.25 as well, 2017, 3. On average, we see that the two-leg playoffs have, on paper, stronger teams in the conference finals. And having these weaker teams go through that, and that's fine if you want pure chaos. Everyone knows that we like our upsets, we like our cup runs, we like our chaos. But if you care even a little bit about how the playoffs are about finding the best team in MLS, this format that we have currently should ring alarm bells. Jack, do you agree with that? I, I, I know uh, we were kind of waltzing around that idea when you're talking about too many like teams get into the playoffs, but do you think that this format has led to quote-unquote lower-quality teams making their way through? Uh, biased, yes, because I hate RSL, but unbiased, <laughs> not necessarily. Okay. Uh, not because, you know, uh, I, I, think, I think it rewards like... Uh, late season resurgences as we saw with well RSL in Vancouver uh Atlanta you know i i think i think it i think it rewards some of that and even if like uh you know lower seeds are making it further in the in the in the competition i don't think that's necessarily an indictment to say that the best teams are getting knocked out i think it's more of an indictment saying that the best teams aren't always the ones on the best form Mm -hmm. and, and maybe I'm just a curmudgeon, but that is also one of the issues I have with the, the, this playoff format. Uh, I, I kind of alluded to this in the Monday episode when I talked about how the current MLS playoff format, it is such a small percentage of the actual regular season where it's four games out of 38 games that you can play total of regular season plus playoffs. That, that's a, a very small percentage when you compare it to say other sports like baseball, basketball, hockey. And so this playoff format heavily, heavily favors teams that have a good end-of-season form. When, when we had two-leg playoffs, potentially you can have a team that might not have the best form uh, go into that first game, kind of uh, you know stink things up, but really find themselves in the second game once they kind of fix the kinks and learn about the opponent some more. You don't get that. And so I'm not going to say it's a coin flip because I have some stats to dispute that. But when you have this single leg format, it could on paper lead to some teams, even though they've had great seasons for whatever reason, because they just couldn't find formers or their striker woke up on the wrong side of the bed. They get eliminated in the first round. And I don't think that's really representative of uh, the league and who's the best team, which is what the playoffs, in my mind, should be. It should be finding a balance between that and pure entertainment. But when you don't have the likes of Colorado, Seattle, and SKC, and New England, four very entertaining, very good teams, when you don't have them at all anymore, I would say that that is a failure to entertain. Because even though we have these great moments... In my mind, I think that the soccer would be a lot more fun if we had those 
great teams. I, I, I really sound like a soccer purist right now, and I'm really going against my normal narrative of chaos all the time. But I do want a little bit of a balance. I, I, I don't know if that was coherent at all, Jack, but... I, I, think, I think it makes sense. I think... Uh, I, I, I get, like, uh, wanting, like, the best teams through, but... At the same time, if if the if the goal is to see who the best team is, why have the playoffs in the first place? Like, sure, surely you just give it to the person with the best regular season record or so the supporters shield. Yes, hypothetically, I would be I, I love the playoffs. I want to keep them in whatever way possible. I would also be okay with not having the playoffs, but there's so much in the way of getting to that point where it just seems unfeasible to me. We have way too many teams that like the supporter shield. If we like made the regular season champion, like the overall champion, it, it still wouldn't be representative of the best team in MLS. Cause there's so many teams that we can't possibly play each other home in a way. Every single team. That's why new England. I mean, yes, they had that break, but they also, like you have alluded to in the past, have probably not been the, be- the best team uh, in the league just because they haven't played a lot of Western teams. And so that unbalanced schedule makes it hard to not have playoffs. That and just the pure amount of teams that we're working with, like it, it, it's hard to quantify the best team with just the regular season. But I don't know, Jack, like when you have so much parity in this league to add even more parity by having, you know, a a playoff system where the buys have certainly hurt the first seed more, the the home field advantage can be touch and go. Uh, I I, I don't know, maybe you're going to advocate for no playoffs, but. Uh, before we do that, I do have some more issues with uh, not necessarily this format. Maybe maybe this is a, a positive for this format. But I have I ha- Jack, I have the winning percentage of the higher seed uh, for each format uh, historically. All right. All right. And so um, I'll stick with the two leg versus the single elimination two legged 55 percent of the time. The t- higher seed wins. And that is honestly strikingly low and what people are attributing that to is the fact that when you're a higher seed and you go further and further in the playoffs you have to travel a lot and that travel cross country many times within a month adds up and that hurts you a lot compare that to single elimination where if you're the higher seed you're going to host all time right now since 2019 68 percent of uh, the higher seed has won their matchups. That's kind of an, an interesting to interesting thing to really look at when we're looking at how balanced do we want to make these playoffs. If we want to make these playoffs representative of the best teams, yet still have room for upsets, maybe two thirds of the time the home team wins. Maybe that's a, a good ratio, Jack. I don't know if you have opinion on that. If you if you have some magic number where you're like, oh, it has to be at least 60%, but 
six, 68, 67. That, that's not bad. I don't think. I, I think that's good because like, uh, you know, uh, that you're, you're looking at about the average of how often a home team wins really, because right. you know, that, that, and if it's pretty close to that number, it means that the playoff format is probably pretty even and simulates a, a pretty even matchup and, or even in the sense of like the home team is winning at a rate that they should be expected to be winning at. Yeah. Jack, what, what do we say to people who like the format as it is and like the fact that these lower, lower level teams are making their way through? Is there an argument against that? Or do we just say like, that's just what different people like? Cause the way that we're coming at it is like it's some kind of truth, at least the way I'm coming at it is like it's some kind of truth that the best team needs to win the playoffs. But is it necessary that, you know, the the best team on paper prevails? Like, like what's the driving force here, do you think? I, I don't think there there's an argument against it. It's it it is really like a preference. And that's what makes. That's what makes MLS's job uh, a job that I don't envy. Exactly. In terms of having to decide the playoff format, because no matter what you do, people are going to like it and not like it. And uh, I, I think like you know it, it, it depends because like <sighs> ideally you want you want the top team to go far in the playoffs. You know if if MLS's goal, as stated, is the first round by or our current playoff format, let's just say, is meant to make sure that your performance in the regular season is rewarded. And if it's not accomplishing that goal, then obviously, like, uh, you know, it, it needs to be it needs to be reworked. But if MLS states their goal is, you know, we just want fun soccer. That's it. <laughs> like that, that that's that's just the stated goal then yeah, it's, it's fine as is. So uh, it, it all depends on how the league decides to align its own goals. Like, would it prefer that they're like in, incredibly enjoyable and watchable and to like, you never know what's going to happen next? Or do they prefer it when, uh, you know, the best teams get better? Like, which one makes for better ad revenue? Which one makes for better uh, TV ratings? Because, you know, we, we could say that MLS cares a lot about the quality of the soccer. But what they really care about at the end of the day, like any other sports league, is the amount of money that's lining their pocketbooks and the amount right. of amount of eyes that they're getting. Right. Which also correlates to how much money they're getting. So uh, yeah. that that's really what matters. They uh, so it, it depends which, which one is more watchable. And I, I think the people who are like, let chaos reign. It doesn't matter that the big teams are losing earlier uh because uh like get good i don't know uh that that kind of stuff if 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 it means more people are watching it then i'm guessing mls is like oh this is this is what the people want so mm-hmm. and also it it happens to make us money so that's what we're going to go with yes jack that that's the perfect response because what we're about to find out when we come up with these solutions is that there really is not a a one size fits all with these playoff formats i I, I, I was going to wait a little bit to say this, but since the since the opening comes up, I am of the opinion that there is no such thing as a perfect playoff format. There mm-hmm. never there never has been. 
and there never will be. Yeah, as I've explained through the the lengthy playoff format history that I went through, even when it was chaotic to even to now, it's been a very quirky relationship with between MLS and playoffs. I would say uh, the least. On one hand, like you said, we want to have complete, uh, complete chaos. It's very entertaining. It's very fun. At the same time, though, even though th- that brings eyeballs, even though that creates some very memorable moments, one could argue that it makes the regular season a little bit useless. If you can just squeeze in into the seventh seed as RSL did and still make it to the conference finals, still potentially make it to MLS Cup, in that case, why don't you just, you know, kind of play at 80%, make sure everyone's healthy. Like, don't try too hard if you have just as much chance to make it to uh, the conference finals. Not saying that, that RSL just got there by luck, but... And if you're MLS and you care about TV ratings, yes, you want to have that chaos in the postseason, but if that chaos in the postseason negates the importance of the regular season then who's going to want to watch Colorado Rapids versus NYCFC on Saturday, July 10th, 2022? If it doesn't really have any meaning at the end of the year because those two teams, even though they might be the best next year, they get bounced from the playoffs first round because of the way that the buy systems work, because of the way that the first uh, leg is worked. So really, it's a balancing act, as we've been saying. But Jack... When we're looking at these quirks, what can you really point out to be like the root causes that we need to be solving uh, as a league in order to make sure that these problems no longer persist? Can you point to, towards any? Well, I think I, I, I don't think that there is a, a specific thing that uh, that you need to challenge and get right, because I think what you need to do is there's just a series of several scales that you that you've got to try and balance and what scales are those well there is one that's uh there there's a health versus uh versus uh it, like I, I i'm trying to think of the other side of this scale like health versus health scheduling oh, health okay. versus scheduling okay. like uh you know making sure that you can schedule every everything like in a decent amount of time while also making sure players aren't getting overworked and uh and like uh getting getting injuries from just fatigue Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one scale that you've got to balance. You've got you've got to balance uh, chaos and regular season importance. OK, that, that's a big one. You know, uh, may, make it matter that you've got that that you've got the first seed while also making it uh, like, you know, making it may uh, making it so that the eighth seed sometimes has it or there's no eighth seed currently. Seventh seed yeah. uh, sometimes has an adva- uh, a chance to make it through all the way. Um, and I, I think, I think the other one is, I'm, it's, it's tough to, to place it exactly, but it's, it, it has to do with just like advantage on like field advantage, like make it so, you know, you don't have teams that have to travel the entire playoffs and like at least have a chance for, for them to be able to, host a game like lower seeds while uh-huh. also making it important that you were a higher seed and getting the opportunity right to host so i i'm not i'm not i'm not sure how to make that into a nice scale 
really, <laughs> but I uh, sure th- th- one of them just has a really long name that that will okay. just say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a long name that uh, I, I can't even repeat it to you. That's yeah, how long yeah. it is. I already <laughs> forgot what it was. Um, those are those are very good qualifiers when we come up with uh, playoff formats. I will add, a- as we've previously mentioned with MLS, they care a lot about the TV audiences. This year has been pretty good. Uh, we had that Thanksgiving game, uh, Colorado versus Portland, that drew about 1.7 million fans, which is the most on uh, FS1, I think, ever, or might have been second most on Fox networks that wasn't uh, an actual MLS Cup final or an all-star game, whatever. I think I think uh, that the second one, the one you just said, okay. I think that's correct. Yeah, sure. Regardless, still a very good audience. Past couple games have been pretty good audiences too. Uh, that gets the most money. That gets the most eyeballs on the league. They care about that a lot. Uh, number two, in previous years, uh, 2019 and before, the the final has been very late, December 11th, December, mid-December in general. Uh, in 2019, it was mid-November. And I think that's really good in terms of not having to compete with college football and all the big games happening there, all of the big NFL games are happening in December. And also just making sure that if we happen to play in Minnesota next year, fingers crossed, that it's not frigid weather like it's going to be in the U.S. men's national team game on February 2nd. And uh, third, I think, have to keep in mind the international breaks. You kind of talk about it with health and scheduling. But it's kind of it's kind of terrible just how the, the MLS uh, schedule works that we have to have playoffs somewhere between or after the October and November windows. Just something to keep in mind. But Jack... With the various problems, uh, not giving first seeds advantages, lower quality teams going through, uh, too many uh, playoff teams in general, all these problems that are kind of pervading this format, what are some solutions to fix this? It could be minor, it could be big. I wrote my solutions from very normal, easy to implement, to we gotta change, like, the constitution in order to make this possible jack where do you want to take this first uh well i think one of the more minor ones that kind of goes against what i said earlier but i'm gonna say it anyway why not be a hypocrite um just make it eight teams in each conference that makes it in just make it even eight teams no buys yeah no buys because buys aren't helping you're still you're still getting uh you know home field advantage for the for those first seeds uh, and, uh, you know, the regular season still matters for them because they get home field advantage. And I think that should be enough because home field advantage already has something against it, like uh, something tilted for you. So I, I think that that's an that's an easy way that you could that you could go about it. It's probably the simplest one that I could think of. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, it's the simplest. And I think it's the most likely to happen. I think oh, yeah. with MLS definitely going to expand to at least 32 teams uh, 50% of the league qualifying for the playoffs is not you know crazy to think so I, I, I definitely think that that's that that's in line with, with uh, what what they're thinking uh, and yeah like I, I'm guessing part of your rationale comes from the fact that historically with the with 
the the, the single legged uh, playoffs, they still get you know two thirds advantage. So it, mm-hmm. is that kind of like w- where you're thinking it lies? Yeah, yeah. Um, as general rule, I'm just not in favor of two leg playoff games at all. Okay. I I've got to say I really, 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 really dislike how the um, MLB and NBA do playoffs where there's like seven games in a row. Uh-huh. I, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of ridiculous. And especially like for soccer, you can't do it. And for two, two legged playoff games, especially if you've got eight teams, uh, you're talking about a lot more time. So scheduling and player health becomes an issue. Yeah. And not only that, but if we look at like that, that health and scheduling uh, kind of s- scale, not even the teams in, in the playoffs where you have to like constrict a bunch of games and you risk players health. But also think about the teams that aren't in the playoffs that get eliminated, let's say, in October. And because of how long the playoffs are, you know, it goes until December. Well, those teams that get eliminated in early October, they're not going to play until late February. It's five months off. That's not great for scheduling for MLS. That's not great for those players health in terms of keeping sharp. So there's a lot of play around with that. But Jack, you mentioned not liking two legged playoffs. I'm going to guess that doesn't uh, translate to Champions League and Europa League. Are you still a fan? Oh, no, of I don't like I don't like them there either. I, I oh, just wow. I, I just don't like two legged ties at all. Well, well I, how, how do you decide? This is a bit of a tangent, but how do you decide who hosts for those Champions League? Coin flip. Coin flip. You're crazy. Coin flip. I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious. Coin flip it. Oh, either that or like for for the Champions League, the first round, at least you've got a team that placed first. That goes against a team that plays second in the group team that put that that finished first in the group gets home field advantage. I, I, I really don't like uh, like the two legged thing. I think I think it leads to a more ballooned schedule causes, you know, more injury potential uh, makes it makes make sure players get less time to recover all that kind of stuff. I'm just I, I really don't like two legged ties. I. I, I know that might be unpopular, but I just don't like it. Even with the away rules, so it, it gets there's more meaning in the games, no matter what. You're still against it. Yeah, I I, I wow. don't like it. I that's just a, one and done. That that's that's a hot take, Jack. But honestly, I know it is. But yeah, I I I can see it. I can see it. But I'm also thinking as a West Ham fan, uh, the chance to get a knockout a uh, game. And getting drawn away from home and that being the only chance that we have at a knockout game for the next couple of years kind of makes me sad. So, oh, pros well, and the, cons. The, the first one, it, ma- it would matter on group standing, you know, but then after that, just coin flip. It. I it, you, you lost me with the <laughs> coin flip. You lost me with the coin flip. But I, I, I think I think it I, I think the great part about that is it adds more chaos. Without 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 having to risk player health and add more scheduling in like uh, add more scheduling conflicts into things. I I think Europe has enough chaos. But yes, moving back to MLS, I do agree with you. The single uh, single legs are superior. Uh, Another suggestion I have that's pretty easy to implement uh, is just shorter buys. So instead of having, you know, a 23 day layoff or even just, you know, a two week layoff, a, a, a one and a half week layoff have the first round be a midweek game 
and I, I don't know how the scheduling is going to work, but have it be a midweek game, that first round, or the weekend, whatever you want, and the second round just a couple days afterwards. So basically, uh, the amount of extra rest or extra rustiness, if you want to look at it the other way, that the top C team has is only a couple days more than the other team. That way, the lower seeded teams quite literally have, you know, tired legs. And no matter what, that first uh, seeded team will have some sort of advantage in that second round. They'll actually be well rested and they won't be dipping into the rusty territory. Are you with that at all, Jack? That, that, that might be too much on the might be negative on player health scale. But, you know, that's a thought that's been going around a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the the main concern. A little a little bit of concern on scheduling, on player health, uh, and all of that. But it, it seems like it it could work. the The main thing still is a buy is still a buy, regardless. Yeah, like you're still going. You're you you can say like it'll be you'll be less rusty, but it still will be. You'll still be rusty, and you'll still be yeah. at a disadvantage comparatively. But but if it's if it's a three day rest versus a seven day rest i because i you know w- when you're actually you know playing games in the regular season and you have seven days rest that's plenty of time to recuperate when you have those those three game weeks where you have one game on saturday one game on wednesday one game on saturday as well once you get to that that third game that that second saturday it's pretty clear that those teams are a bit more tired and maybe that's this is a bit too like micromanagey but that is you know a way to make sure that those first uh seated teams are facing some sort of advantage instead of a disadvantage that they have like sure they might be rusty but i think the the tiredness of the other team might outweigh that it's kind of a weird way to even talk about this like wanting the other team to be to lose because that's not actually what we want we just want to make sure that there is some sort of advantage in play here. Yeah. See, the way I think of it with uh, the advantage is what you should do is either decide if there's a guaranteed home playoff game first round. Okay. Or give a buy. Because right. if you're, I, I think like double, you're, you're giving them a double advantage potentially if, if, uh, if, if your goal is to, for the buy to give them an advantage. Mm-hmm. I, I think like it, you know, may I, I think guaranteeing a home game is is just better in, in general than than a buy uh, okay. because, you know, you've got your home fans. You can restrict the amount of away fans that that come in and everything as well. Uh, you, you can you, you have more control over that than I think in a bye week. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I, pers- I, I I personally am just not a fan of buys. OK, at all. <laughs> but I I I, al- I also have recognized that. Regardless of how you how you situate the playoffs, more team some teams are going to have more rest than others. Right, that it's inevitable. Like it, you can never have an equal amount of rest between all of the teams, unless they all played at the same time on the same day. But then you have travel you know, and stuff. Well, no, no, like all of all okay. of the all of the like let's say eight teams do make it in. You have all four of the Western Conference games on the same day. Mm-hmm. And you have all four of the Eastern Conference games on the same day. That way, and at the same time, that way, all of the players get the same amount of rest. But MLS will never do that because it reduces the amount of watcher uh, of 
of like viewers they get on each individual playoff game and reduces revenue. So that's never going to happen. So you can never truly have equality when it comes to resting players. No matter what, one team will always have an inherent advantage uh, with when it comes to rest. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Buys are very tricky, and maybe in soccer, maybe definitely in soccer, they don't really belong. Uh, One other easy-to-implement idea I have is reseeding the second round. So no matter what happens in that first round, the the first seed or whoever will always face the weaker team. And you can do that even without a buy, uh, just based on how uh, the first round goes. But taking this past season into uh, an example, if we reseeded the 2021 MLS Cup playoffs, the Eastern uh, Conference semifinals would have been completely the same. First seed, New England versus fourth seed, NYCFC, second seed, Philadelphia versus third seed, Nashville. However, in the West, it would have been first seed Colorado Rapids versus seventh seed RSL, some Rocky Mountain Cup rivalry action for you, and a fourth seed Portland Timbers at third seed SKC. And so while it doesn't really seem like it would do a lot, in the grand scheme of things, it does average out to the better teams moving on and still advantaging the uh, the top seeds. Now this gets into the the territory of like are we not having enough chaos? I would argue that reseeding while it does advantage the top seeds a lot, it still does leave some room for chaos to ensue. Uh I I I've done some research into the NCAA college men's basketball tournaments. And they found that there's statistical discrepancies for each seed based on how far they go, because in that in March Madness, it's a fixed bracket. And just the way that uh, the numbers work out, the 11th seed actually faces on average easier opponents than I think like the 10th and 9th and 8th seeds. And that's what happens when you have uh, things like this, where you have instead of seventh seed RSL facing the top seed in the West, they get to face the third seed and it's a lot easier for them to advance, which they did. And so maybe that kind of balanced things out, out just enough for it to be a more level playing field than it is now. Jack, is this sacrilegious or do you think that this is the right enough of uh league tampering <laughs> I, th- I think i think it could work uh for for reseeding in the middle of things yeah. i i i think uh i i think i think it, i think it's probably one of the better solutions that that we could come up with in yeah. terms of this because i have a feeling as we go through our solutions that we've come up with they're going to get less and less feasible and less and less popular that, yes. that that's just a feeling that i've got yeah and, and the reason why these are very easy to implement is a like it just takes scheduling changes and b a lot of these things have already happened before we've had playoff formats where there's no buys at least i think yeah uh we've had we definitely had playoff formats where there were shorter buys and it was midweek and then the next weekend and 
in a lot of years past, we have reseeded from the wild card round into the first uh, actual knockout round. So, Jack, we talked about some of the easier to implement things just because they've happened before. I have two things that are on the medium side in terms of implementation might take a little bit of work. Uh, do you want to get us started with something that might take a little bit of work to get off the ground? Yeah, I think I think it's actually this one's pretty feasible still, but uh, sure. I, I think one thing that is a very minor change that I think should be made. Uh, change who hosts the final. I don't think it should always be whoever's the top seed hosts the final. OK, I, I want to see it more like the Super Bowl in this case. I, I want it to be decided beforehand. And so, you know, you you actually explore all of these different stadiums. Right. So, you know, you, there's actually opportunities for for the for, you know, a neutral site for for the MLS Cup final. I think I think it'd be exciting. I, I think it would be awesome to see. And also it, it makes it a little bit better because let's say you get the two first seed teams in the playoff in the MLS Cup, right? Yeah. What it comes down to really then is who had the harder opponents throughout the season. Uh, because they both were the top seed in their conference. But if it goes off of regular season points, theoretically, whoever had a tougher schedule would have less points, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you, despite both being the top of their conference, then it, go, then it goes to whoever had an easier schedule, uh, which I think is kind of dumb. So that, that's, uh, I, I think, neutral site. The only thing is, I know that, you know, that would get pushback from teams that, that, are, like, that are like, oh, but then the first seed doesn't have an advantage anymore. But like, yeah. I, I feel like if you get guaranteed home games throughout the entire rest of the playoffs already, then it, it you I, I think having a neutral site for the final is fine. Like, I think I really think it makes it more entertaining. And plus, like, you know, there, there's a ton of awesome stadiums that are not likely to see playoff access anytime uh, anytime soon, like uh, a certain Ohio team stadium. Uh, but but, uh, you know, um, it would be nice to see those stadiums actually get used in the playoffs and be and have the public actually see them. Right. Because I, I well, one re- one reason for this is it also means that there's more likely to be soccer specific stadiums that host finals because right. it would break my heart if we had an MLS Cup final in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I don't I don't want to see it happen. It's what it's one of the few I it's do. It, no, it's it's why I do not want to see RSL in the in the final for multiple reasons and NYCFC in the final. If that's the final, that would be the war, that that would be my least favorite thing to watch. Like I, out of all of the possible playoff <laughs> matchups, that is the worst timeline. It like we're both community fans, that's the darkest timeline right That's there. the darkest That's timeline, the darkest honestly. timeline in my opinion. Yeah, that's uh it's not great. That's not great. In fact, going off like all these problems uh, that we listed before, uh, this is the least excited I've been for an MLS Cup final because I've been going through all, all the matchups. I think the matchup I'd be most excited for is Philadelphia versus RSL because I think I think that'd be very funny because I I really don't want Portland to win again because I don't know they've always 
been somewhere around uh, MLS Cup, so I'm like, whatever, let's get some other people a chance. Really, I, I just want RSL to be there and not be at, at Yankee Stadium, like you mentioned, so I want to give the cup to uh, Philadelphia in this yeah, case. Yeah, I, I, I'd vote for Philadelphia. If it was like just a popular vote, you know, I think Philadelphia would just win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the issues with that, Jack, that I have to mention is how do we make sure that people show up and that attendance is always good? Because, you know, uh, I'm not going to badmouth MLS, but like if it's going to be halfway across the country and tickets are very expensive, how can we get uh, 10,000 people to attend the final like we can do with the Super Bowl? Because the, the Super Bowl is way more... Uh, exciting to not exciting to watch way no, more not. popular <laughs> i shouldn't say exciting and, and all, not only that but how do we if we can't get ten let let's say nycfc fans to go to uh uh los angeles to go to lafc's bank of uh, california stadium wherever it's called now then how do we get local los angeles i don't even know what the denonym is for uh los angelinos sure how do we get uh people like that to show up and fill in the gaps if you know soccer is only kind of a, a popular thing and MLS is only kind of a a a thing that people care about at, in the periphery like is there a way that we can make sure that MLS cup stays a viable event i i think bringing it to different cities gives the sport actually more of a chance to grow honestly because we we see in like you know uh the USMNT qualifier games a lot of those get sold out right there yeah. there's soccer fans everywhere it's well, just that a lot of times cuz this I, is MLS versus yeah. US men's national team I, I i see i see what you mean but at the same time there's there's soccer fans all over but a lot of them just don't have the opportunity to see a playoff game in person because Either their team's just bad or like, you know, they're, they're or their or their team is OK, but they're always like just barely in the playoffs. So they never get a chance to have a home game. So I think it makes it more of a it makes it more of an event, I think, because at, at this point in time, like an MLS Cup, if it's hosted by whatever team has the higher seed or whatever, that means that their fans are going to dominate in that in that in that section. And while it does fill out the stadium. It also means that, like, you know, the there, there's no, no chance for other other uh, the other team's fans to really get into there all the time. And, you know, I, I just think like a neutral site would be awesome. I wish I wish like the U.S. had a stadium like Wembley where like it, there, there was a stadium that was just neutral. It's only used for like stuff like the Super Bowl. Could you imagine having a sports complex that that is not only like a soccer slash football stadium but also could be like a baseball stadium and an and a basketball court just so all of the finals are just held in this <laughs> one place. all the finals yeah that, like like wembley like it like make it an actual event to yeah. to go to and i i think that that would make it a pretty exciting prospect and might draw in more crowds than you think uh, th this is a, a little bit off topic but if we were to have a national stadium we'd have to have multiple because uh no put it in nebraska middle of the country 
Pound give give Nebraska country. a little bit of excitement. They, <laughs> they've, they've got nothing else they've going got for nothing, them. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the issue with having another issue with having a neutral site is like you mentioned, like, oh, well, well these fans never have a playoff team to go to. Well, I, I feel like, yeah, like the hardcore fans will be like, yeah, I'll go watch a soccer game. Like, I don't care if it's not my team. But do you really think that like casual Cincinnati fans that make up a good majority of like the season ticket holders and stuff? Do you think they really want to watch, like, even if it's an MLS Cup final, like a, a game between, I don't know, the New England Revolution versus LAFC? Like, is that something that I like? I would, but yeah, would I mean, like someone else, would they do the same? I It's well, hard to tell. I, I think if they're holding season tickets, they're already pretty big fans of soccer, right? Like, you, do, you don't buy a season ticket with the intent to, like, go to all of the home games if you're not. Well, you, no, you, like buy, you buy the season ticket to watch your team, right? Like okay, but what Cincinnati fans are buying are buying okay, the tickets well, to watch their own bag on Cincinnati? I'm team. sorry, it's so easy to. They though. got a nice stadium. But that never Brenner gets used in the playoffs. Okay signing, all right. He, he and he'll never see the playoffs. Ah, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just too easy to dunk on. Hey, him and Chicharito. So I don't know. Ch- oh yeah, no, Chicharito hasn't made the playoffs. Yep, that's Funny. true. Zlatan's only made it once. But enough about those bad teams. Some uh, more medium uh implementations i have are two-legged uh bringing that back reseeding it maybe the first round is one leg semis and conference finals are two legs as we've mentioned before it's hard on like the the health and scheduling scale to get it right because we have so many teams eight teams eight teams with with two legs that's like what seven potential games that you have to get through to make the finals that's that's a lot, especially when we're dealing with an international break moving towards a final in the dead of winter, potentially like that. That's hard. Also, as you mentioned before, it doesn't actually give you too much of an advantage if you're the higher seed. So I think for those reasons, people and especially owners are going to kind of shy away from it, even if it might mean more money in their pockets. Uh, the second one I have. This one is a little bit sacrilegious, but I know a lot of people also agree with me. Having less teams, I think that if we were to reduce the number, it's hard because, like I've mentioned before, if you have uh, less teams, it means that the teams in the middle who might be fighting for playoff spots at the end of the year are going to be fighting for nothing, and that leads to a pretty boring end of the season if you're not on the playoff bubble. Uh. But six teams, top two teams get get short buys and then it's reseeded. Like that's kind of the way it was before. If you go back to it, it kind of fixes that problem where uh, lower level teams uh, make it through and kind of muddy the quality of the 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 field. Uh, Jack, do you have any other ones or want to comment on mine? I I feel I don't really like those uh, odds or like those suggestions at all, but just something I want to throw out there. Yeah, I, I think like uh, the, the challenge with shrinking the amount of teams is, you know, when there were less teams in the playoffs, there were just less teams in MLS as well. Uh, but I don't think it's bad to have like under 50 percent of the league in the playoffs. Like think about the NFL. I, isn't it like seven teams from uh, from the NFC and the AFC? God, make it in, uh, right. Y- I, yes, I think it used to be six. Maybe it's seven now. 
Something it's, like it's that. either six or seven, but either way, it's less than fifty percent because there's that thirty-two teams. Good job. That's and, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> one plus one, two. Uh, I, know, I know, I know the, I know the quick math. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I, I think it, it makes it more important that you're playing well during the season. But you also have to remember that so, that some of some of those uh, some of those teams also. I, I, I think. What, I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say at this point. I'm tired. <laughs> no, I'm tired. You. But uh, I, I think that having less teams could be good uh, for a lot of reasons. But I think the biggest reason, uh, which is leaving out more teams, is not going to make sense as the league continues to grow. Right. So that that's that's the issue. I don't I don't think that's really likely to ever happen because it, it would just be diverging in two opposite directions. I, I I agree. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I think if we get to, like I mentioned before, 32 teams and keep it eight per conference, that's perfect. That's perfect. Like 50 percent, I think, is the maximum uh, amount of teams we can let in before it gets too muddy. So like that I, amount, I'm OK with. I also like it because from a mathematical perspective, you're eliminating 50 percent of the field at each stretch. That's beautiful. And I, re- I really like that. I, I just really like it. I like patterns. So that's nice. But AJ, do you have any other uh, really out there uh, I, fixes? J- because I've got one that I'm saving. Jack, still. I have four out of left field uh, okay. things. And I, I'll I, be interested to see if one, if one of them is, is the same one I'm thinking about. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I'm going to say the one that I think might be yours. Okay. And I say abolish the playoffs it's close to that it's close it's close uh i i have two ways to look at abolish the playoffs number one we abolish the playoffs and find some way to have a regular season champion uh i i i don't know if that's possible uh in a just penalty shootout versus the top two seeds that's it (laughs) that might as well just be playoffs again but no it's not playoffs it's five minutes (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And a neutral site too. Yeah. In exactly. Yep. Okay. Make it as inconvenient for both of the teams. <laughs> Literally pinpoint on a map where it's furthest away for both of them. I like it. I like it. No, but like in a just world, this would mean that we reduce down to like twenty-two teams and we implement pro rail. I know that's not true. So, and this is this is going to be my most out there suggestion. I think. I think everyone knows my hottest take with MLS is that uh, if we're not going to have pro rel, we should just expand to like 60, 80 teams. And I think we should just balkanize the league instead of having <laughs> instead of having one league. We have like what college football has and have like a bunch of oh, different no. like conferences. Like we have like the Midwest, the South, the East, the West the whatever. And we have like if it's like if it's like 50 teams, then you have like uh you know 10 uh 10 10 teams five groups play each other home and away and the rest is like random out of conference games like with college football (laughs) and you know you could have like the top two teams make the playoffs or whatever uh you, you could you could honestly probably have like the top top two teams automatically qualify and then you know this is where i'm gonna lose people we have just like college football, a panel of journalists, media no. members, coaches, and fans <laughs> vote for the next 
best teams based on like a national ranking to make the playoffs. Jack is shaking his head. I know no. it's stupid. <laughs> I know it's stupid. But why I, would you take one of the worst playoff formats ever and try and adapt it to adapt okay. it to MLS? I know I've been talking a lot about like having order and like having advantage. I love the chaos of college football and basketball. I love it. I can't wait to see where Minnesota ends up with the, the bowl games. It's what I live for. I love chaos in this sense. I know it's not going to happen, so we can just move on. I said my piece. I'm going to bring it up many times in the future until it happens in the in ninth, in the, the 2100s. 2100. <sighs> Jack, I, I know you don't like it. You don't, you don't even have to say anything. You don't even have to say anything. Probably everything that came out of my mouth you just don't like, but w- w- what is your idea? Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll like yours. I, I think it's a combination of one of the... It, it adds on to one of them. Uh, the no playoffs idea. I think what we do is we essentially make MLS Cup like an extra competition. Like, that's not the championship anymore. It, it, we, we, the, supporter Wait, shield, an, the supporter shield is the championship. Just another that, open cup then? Yep, exactly. Like, England has the EFL Cup and the FA Cup. Oh, uh, and the, uh, and the no. FA Cup is also seeded based off of, you know, regular season performances the year before. That, that's how it's seated. So uh, I, 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 think it's a good, I think it's a good idea. Just get, like, keep the playoffs, right? I think it's a bad idea. Nah, 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 nah. you keep the playoffs. No. But you just make it an extra competition. No. That, that's what you do. It's like the Open Cup, but then here, here's the added benefit. The Open Cup then also becomes a, a, a competition that, you know, is going to matter more and you can allow more lower league teams into it, which is awesome because there's an, a lot of awesome lower league teams that don't get the chances they deserve to make it in there all the time uh, over over like MLS teams. And wait, so wait, wait. so you're saying the like MLS teams shouldn't compete in the open. No, cup? no, no, no. You just allocate less into the open cup then. And, like, ma- and instead crazy. make the no, no, playoffs no, no. This every is, team. This is insane. This is insane. <laughs> no, no, that, that's, that's, what, that's what you do. Uh, okay. that, I, th- that's I what thought you do. my idea was bad. No, no, no. no the, the, play- the, the playoffs is an extra trophy. Supporters shield, only thing that matters. No, okay. If we get rid of the playoffs, I don't think, I don't think fans, players, or, because this is like, I don't think anyone wants this to happen because this means more games that we don't really need to have. <laughs> and if we're going with like the, the health versus scheduling. This is going right towards like too much scheduling, bad health. Yeah, you can blame my one of my friends for this idea, by the way. That that this is not an idea I came up with originally. Yeah, this is give me the name is, of your friend after this episode. I need to, <laughs> I need to talk to them. This is this is bad. Uh, but the other idea, okay, and this is the best one. You have the two coaches play a best out of five game of rock paper scissors. Ooh, that's good. And, who, and whoever wins is the champion of MLS. There, the ultimate some, game of strategy. There's some good personalities in this league to make that to make that work. Honestly, I think that should just be a thing like bef- before. Like, I, I, th- I think that should be an extra competition. I, I, the rock, I'd love paper, to scissors see, uh, invitational. I'd love to see Peter Vermees and Adrian Heath duke it out. <laughs> just the, the two most just always angry coaches. It would, it would be you, you got to admit that would make for some good content. It would, yes. it would, I would I'd watch every game of it. I'd watch it too, unfortunately. <laughs> Jack, I, I have three other options that are slightly less sacrilegious than okay, having okay. than balkanizing Major League Soccer. Okay, okay. Number one is having four divisions. Once you reach 32 teams, 
we split the league into four divisions of eight, two divisions in the West and the East, like in hockey. The top three teams of each division qualify for the playoffs, and the next best two teams as well per conference and normal eight-team conference playoffs from there. It's not actually changing the playoff format itself. It's still probably going to be eight, uh, eight teams per conference, single elimination from there on out. But by kind of you know, splitting the conference up, it allows for more balanced scheduling. So from the teams that come out of that conference, it's a little bit more uh, truthful, uh, the best teams that come out there. So instead of having like some teams kind of poop house their way into eighth seed, well, if you want to get to that spot, you have to be in the top three or get top four in your mini division in order to get there. And you have a balanced schedule, so you know that those are going to be the best teams in that division. What do you think about that? I, I, I like that idea. I think I honestly think like, you know, once we get to 32 teams, uh, that, that's going to be way too many teams in each conference. And yeah. at that point, if you want to do home and away for each for each team, then you only have four out of conference games. Yeah. Which, you know, is it isn't ideal, especially like when you consider Atlanta versus Nashville being a big rivalry that you'd want to keep intact. And if they're in separate divisions, you have less opportunities to do that. Uh, that, that, that's, but that, that's a minor point. I, I think, I think that eventually there has to be a point where you have to split the leagues or the conferences further. Yeah. It, so it, it has to happen. Uh, otherwise it gets way too bloated and the scheduling becomes impossible. Yeah. I mean, uh, just from, uh, thinking about this division, you have your one team in, let's say the, the Pacific division or whatever we're going to call it. Uh, you play the other seven teams home and away. That's 14 games. Uh, maybe uh, ha- uh, the other division in your conference once. That's 21 teams and then uh, 21 games, I should say. And then the other 13 games can just go to whatever other team, other conference, the other division, whatever. Like there, there, there's a lot to play around with, I think. And I think. That I, I think if I'm going to make a bold prediction right now, I think by 2026, we're at that point where we're looking towards moving towards four divisions at the very least. Uh, my other, my, my second penultimate, I should say, uh, suggestion is Clausura and Apertura playoff formats like they have in uh, South America, Mexico. Exact same format, pretty much. But instead, we only play half seasons of 17 games. Then we go into playoffs. So in a way, like the fact that we have shorter playoffs kind of makes sense because it's a shorter season. So it's more, rep- you know, kind of representative of the, 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 the season and the, the shortness of it. Jack, do you have anything against that other than it's just different from how we do it? And that might be a little bit weird. Well, I think the main concern is um, weather. Yeah, because, you know, inevitably you'll have games that are later in the year and uh you know i i I don't i don't mind snowy games at allianz field don't mind them but do i prefer them no yeah uh so yeah that 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 that's that's the one thing that that's the thing that makes a lot of playoff scheduling tough for just american teams in general because we we've got such a diverse climate that it makes it it makes it difficult to plan these kinds of things around like a full year long calendar because for a lot of states 
the operating year, uh, the operating months are like half of the year, really. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Adding extra four or so games, plus like the needed breaks between Klausura and Apatura might make things a little dicey. I'm sure we can make it work, though, or maybe not. And instead, (laughs) maybe we go to my final suggestion, which is actually a suggestion that was uh, suggested a lot of times before, but especially on Reddit uh, in that uh, Reddit that, uh, post that I mentioned before. But we have a group stage. That's the playoffs. The playoffs is a group stage. Top eight teams of each conference make it to the playoffs, or if you'd rather, you know, top four teams. I'm going to go with top eight teams for conference just to, like, make the, the pool a little bit bigger. Each team is placed into a group. In each conference, it's the first seed, the fourth seed, fifth seed, and eighth seed in one group. Other group, it's second, third, sixth, and seventh seed. Each team plays three games. The higher seed always hosts within those groups. So three games. The first seed all hosts all three games that they have against the, their other three opponents. For uh, the, the next seed, you know, on and on. So... In, in that Group A example, first seed hosts all three games, the fourth seed hosts two games, the fifth seed hosts one game, and seventh seed hosts zero games. They're always away from home. Standard rules for each group match, three points win, one point draw, zero points loss. Uh, top one or two teams advance to single Elam playoff rounds. So in my mind, it's just the top, the top team uh, goes into... I guess it'd be the semifinals and then they play uh, each other and go towards MLS Cup. And in this way, I kind of like it because it kind of fixes the problem where if teams have bad season, end of season form, but still are very good teams that they don't have time to figure themselves out, even though they're the superior team. I also think it solves like kind of the advantage versus disadvantage uh, criteria that we were looking at. Uh, if we have the top the top group uh, winner advance the MLS Cup, that's only five games that in total they would play. That's only one more than it's currently at right now. And I think that having a group stage allows just enough chaos for like the third or second seed to make it and win their group. But at the same time, obviously, when you have the top seed hosting all three games, that puts an, a, at least a good amount of advantage towards them. Jack, I'm feeling kind of confident, so feel free to rip into me for being stupid. I think it could work, but the the issue then is you're actually lengthening the playoffs because I am. You're, I know you're you're having more games involved. I uh, I I think I think it could work. I th- I think another potential one but it would it would involve probably a need for like relegation uh but like the spfl format we're like i was inspired by that yeah yeah that that that's what it, that I, I was gonna say it sounded kind of like that where uh but i i i think i think i think it could i think it could work uh thank you for your <laughs> confidence in me i mean obviously like all of these things technically they could find a way to make them work are all of them like reasonable or or like like really going to be popular probably not but th- yeah. this one definitely could work i think i think it kind of uh i i th- i think it gets some 
more fans potentially into it. Like, especially, I, I, I think it might get Euro snobs into MLS a little bit more because you're like, oh, it's like the Champions League, guys. Come on. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's just like that. So, it's like uh, a mini Champions League at the end yeah, of the season. It's great. Exactly. Uh, I, 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 think, I think it's great. Uh, and the other thing is, I think it's very similar to my idea about making MLS Cup a different trophy altogether. But that's fine. <laughs> well, okay. Well, for, first off, I, I want to th- think about this. Your MLS Cup mm-hmm. idea. Yep. Your, the bad idea. <laughs> no, it's the great idea. It's great. Is it, is it in season or is it after the season? It's after the season. It's after the season. It's like a different, it's like a different competition though. Okay. It's not actual, it's not actually for like the champion was decided by whoever was the best team by record, you know, because, uh, and, but then like you still get the fans of playoffs who, you know, it's decided based off of the regular season standings anyway. It's like the playoffs, but you just shift where the focus is. Like that, that trophy doesn't matter as much anymore. All right, so so it's like a it's like a second MLS is back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Without the yeah. group stage, I, I'm sure once we add the the leagues cup and it's a a, a month off, <laughs> and we have another month of this competition, that the players the players ACLs will be super happy about. Yeah, that. I mean, hey, your your idea is basically just the MLS uh, MLS is back tournament. Yeah, but I mean, actually that, having it be the play. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're it, right. Whatever. It is just MLS is back. And, uh, yeah, but, but, but this is this is still finding the champion. I'm not making another competition. Whatever. Okay. Okay. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Jack, before we sign off on this very very deep dive, deep dive, uh, why don't you tell me your if you had to choose one one of your like kind of out there solutions <laughs> and one of your like normal solutions that we could definitely like implement even next year like if you had to choose you're don garber and you get to choose <laughs> i'm don garber uh first of all i don't think i want to be him but I, okay I'll, I'll i'll pretend yeah. um well obviously i'd pick the greatest idea and make mls cup not matter at all and make it a different tournament i'm kidding i i if i if i had to pick any out there idea i'd probably with your last one the group stage one it actually seems kind of interesting yeah uh for just in general, just eight teams. Make it even, no buys, single legs. Yeah. I think it's the simplest one by far. All right. And I think that, like we mentioned before, it solves a lot of problems. I'm going to go for my out there one. I'm going with the balkanization. I'm no. sorry. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, go- I'm going with the group stage. I'm going with the group stage. It's also good. Uh, turns out that college football, as we're learning right now, is probably not the best uh, thing to emulate, emulate in terms of competitive fairness. Really? A lot of drama going what? on there. No way. Yeah, a lot of drama. Alabama should not be up there. Anyways, uh, I'm going to go with eight teams, no buys, but we're, we also reseed after the first round. So the first round's basically just like a, I don't know, a, a nebulous idea in, in one's mind. doesn't really actually lead to a, a bracket until we actually get the winners and or seven teams shorter buys reseeded either one i think accomplish the same act just in different ways add one more team basically the same thing i don't know uh really that's the simplest way and this is a very long-winded way to get to this uh <laughs> conclusion but as it turns out the simplest solution might not be the perfect solution but it's a, a good enough solution for our purposes of protecting player health 
making sure that there's enough chaos, but also giving an advantage to the higher seeds. Jack, is there anything else you need to say about uh, playoffs in general? Uh, nah, I, I, I've already made enough hot takes during this episode. We're good. We're good. I think I've yeah. hit the, I've hit the, the limit of those. The craziest thing is I don't think your uh, your MLS Cup idea is your hottest take. I still think that's your your Champions League should be single leg. It, it should be. It should be. I should be. This is going to be a deep dive on its own. <laughs> All right. That's it for us, guys. Jack, where can people find us on the social medias? You can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show. You can uh, you can check it out there to see uh, my reaction to Jan Gregush not getting re-signed from Minnesota United. Hint, Ugh. I'm devastated. Uh, and you can, you can uh, see any other takes on there. You can, you can absolutely roast me for uh, my, my Champions League, uh, <laughs> my Champions League take. Or you can praise me because we all know I'm right. So, uh, you know, either, either way, I'll, I'll appreciate it. Uh, so, once again, check us out on Twitter at Final Third Show. Yeah, follow us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, uh, Podcast Addict, what have you. Again, yeah, follow us on Twitter. You can uh, find me live tweeting West Ham beating Chelsea, even though we have played terribly in the past three weeks. Uh, go ahead and tell your friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love to learn the intricacies of MLS playoffs. That's going to be it for us. We'll see you guys next Monday for, I can already feel it, a very jam-packed and a very salty <laughs> news episode from at least one of us. We'll <laughs> see which one it is. And we'll see you guys next Thursday for another deep dive, potentially an MLS Cup final preview. We'll see you guys uh, then. Same time, same place. See ya. Bye for now.